With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Australia have won the first test against the West Indies, a convincing win just before lunch on the third day. Australia bowled out the West Indies for 120 this morning, leaving them just 26 to win. They did it, but not without some late drama. Usman Khawaja struck a vicious blow by Shamar Joseph on the jaw, a bit like a boxer's punch, and he had to retire hurt with the scores level. But Marnus hit the winning runs. Australia go 1-0 up. I'm Menas. I'm joined by Gav Joshi. In the end, Gav, although the West Indies did throw a few punches figuratively, Australia just far too good. Yeah, far too good. I think, you know, De Silva, he's probably going to, they needed, he was the last sort of recognised batter and West Indies probably needed him to score, you know, 30, 40, 50. Um, mind you, I thought the pitch played really well today. I, I think there was a significant difference even when Australia had to get those runs. But, I mean, bouncing him out, I think we saw him happy hooking yesterday. So Australia was always going to employ that um, tactic. And, unfortunately, Joshua De Silva, I think he'll just need to look at his batting because when there's two or three men out, um, if you're continuously hooking, chances are, and you hit the ball in the air, you're going to get out. So, that that started it, and I think you know later on, I think Australia too good. Yeah, you're right. So um, Hazelwood, oh, sorry, Stark took the first wicket of the day. De Silva out hooking, um, caught by Hazelwood at deep backward square leg, and then Stark got the next wicket. Um, Azari Joseph caught behind Stark, went around the wicket and found the outside edge, and then Josh Hazelwood bowled Moti from around the wicket. The left hander left the ball that jag backed, and that brought up. Josh Hazelwood's 11th five-wicket haul in, in Test cricket. A fantastic match for him. Five for 35 in the second innings, four for 44 in the first innings, finishing with nine for 79 in the match. Just phenomenal stuff. And um, Lyon took the last wicket. Shamar Joseph, who had a brilliant debut, he was stumped for 15. Runs in the first innings, five-wicket haul, and then neat little contribution at the end there. So Hazelwood with five, Stark with two, Lyon with two, and Green with one wicket. 
helped dismiss this West Indian side for just 120. So, Gav, it made me think, you know, I think one of the stories of this test match, and it's been continued all summer, is just how good this trio of fast bowlers, and, of course, you add Nathan Lyon into it. But it also made me think how long we'll have this uh, trio of quicks together. Mitchell Stark is 34 on January 30th. Hazelwood just turned 33. Cummins will be 31 in March. Next year, we've got India for five tests. The season after that, we've got the Ashes. I mean, how long can this trio go on for? I think Mitchell Stark will, given that he's signed in the IPL, um, you know, he's won two World Cups already for Australia. I think Mitchell Stark will give up white ball cricket. Certainly the one-day um, game, I think, pretty much up. It could be as early as – he might have even played the last game. Never know. Maybe the Champions Trophy. Um, but, but but I think Mitchell Stark will pretty much focus on the, just red ball cricket. I think Pat Cummins as well. I, I think maybe Champions Trophy just purely for his captaincy. He might hang around. I can't see him going on to the next World Cup. And Hazelwood, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I think, you know, somewhere if, if they look down the tunnel, I think that they probably want a swan song against England at home, which is still two summers away. So whether they'll get there, I'm not sure. I can't see all three of them. Playing all five tests against India next year, I, I don't think so. I think the game's, you know, just gone beyond that. Um, unless we have some really quick test matches, we probably have Scotty Boland or uh, one of the other pl- players coming through. Uh, but yeah, I, I think another two summers are still in them, mind you, given their age. We've seen that with Hazelwood. You, you know, one injury can sort of lead to another. Um, but I, I still think two more Australian summers. That's interesting. So that'd take Stark up to about 36, Hazelwood up to about 35, Cummins to be a bit younger at 33. And you're right. If, you, if you're if sort of thinking of a, a summer to bow out, and I'm not trying to retire them because someone like Hazelwood, you know, he's got such an economical action. He can probably play at least, well, you look at Jimmy Anderson, how old he is. So, you know, Hazelwood could go on for a few more years. But I, I just think we should appreciate them because, as I said, they're getting older. You're right. An injury can just you know, knock a fast bowler out and they have a limited time frame. Just on your point about next summer with them playing five tests, I do think Cameron Green and Mitch Marsh in the side does give mm-hmm. them more of a chance of playing, yep. if not m- more all the tests, most of them. Yeah, absolutely right point. Um, Just going back, while we were discussing these uh, guys as well, I made a comparison to Jason Gillespie and I think it was Paddy Cummins. One big difference there, because um, Paddy Cummins did go past Jason Gillespie, was the form of dismissals. And actually, Jason Gillespie, out of his 259 wickets, 44% were bowled or LBW. That's very high for an Australian bowler. Um, I, I haven't checked, you know, McGrath, but I thought that that compared to Paddy Cummins is 26%. And Josh Hazelwood, who's, who'll probably get past maybe Jason Gillespie in the next test match, is up to 31%. So a huge difference, um, you know, in while we were comparing and that Jason Gillespie probably attacked the stumps a bit more and probably hit more uh, bowlers on the pads, uh, sorry, batters on the pads than the, the Cummins and Hazelwood, who are probably still more traditional and then they, they get the edges. 
Yeah, it's yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, I used to love watching Gillespie bowl, and it, he did used to bowl a fuller length. He did actually probably get a little bit more swing than than Cummins did. So I think he'd have probably pitched the ball up looking for that bit of swing, um, which you get when you sort of strive for the fuller length. Um, but yeah, I just thought you know we should appreciate this trio and, because and, you never and, know how long they're together. Yeah, and I think we've also got to realise. Uh, this batting order is, is good and sometimes there's been comparison uh, and I don't think they should be compared to the, you know, the Hayden and the Martins and the Pontings and Gilchrist. And I, I also reckon that this this bowling unit has made the batting look a lot better um, because just purely for the fact that even if Australia scrambled 300 in a test match or even 250, this bowling lineup is so good that they'll, that they, they'll back them to... You know, that's I, what I mean. And 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 like the, think, West, like the West Indies of old, or when you know we had McGrath, Warren, and Gillespie yep. and Lee, they can defend anything. Oh yeah, I've, you, you've spoken of recall speaker to about like you know Matty Hayden once, and, and just I think off air, and he, and he said, yeah, well I could go out and attack, and you know, it's even it sort of alluded that two thousand and seven World Cup. He said, well we'll just go hard because even if we landed you know fifty sixty runs short. We knew we had McGraw, we had Lee, we had you know a Warren. Um, a bit. Uh, so it was just a bowling. So that gives you a, a better mindset. Um, even when India, who, who I think have a very good bowling lineup, I remember Ravi Shastri saying against Australia, we scored two fifty and three hundred. That's all we needed because we trust our bowling. And you sense Australia's had that mindset for a long time now. And I. There's not been too many test matches, I reckon, especially in Australia, where if Australia scored 300, um, I don't think the opposition is is winning the game. Um, and I think the longevity, as you mentioned, uh, also has got to do a lot with Nathan Lyon. I think he's just he's mm. the glue to those three because they probably end up bowling more overs or, um, you know, it, it, he's been phenomenal. I don't think we'll probably get that again now for another you know, after these guys go, maybe it would take another four or five years of transition, you know, we to, to find a bowling group like that. Oh, definitely. And and just on Mitchell Stark, he'd said previously he wants to play 100 tests for Australia. So if you look at where he is now, let's have a look exactly where he is. I'll get the thing. But, you know, that would that would probably fit into, as you say, playing two more years and getting how many he's got 85 test matches so yeah you know if he plays in the ash they've got no test cricket after the test in new zealand so there's three more 88 five next summer against india 93 five in the ashes 98 so and there'll be a couple of winter tours in there so that should get him over 100 who was how many australian fast bowlers have played 100 test matches just glenn mcgrath yeah, I think it is. I can't think of any others. Yeah. No, it has to be. No, the no. It has to be. Yeah, I, 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 um, I mean, Dennis Lilly. Um, no, he didn't okay. play near I think, I, 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 yeah. So, um, um, anyway, yeah. so that's so that's the, the the quicks who dominated this match. You know, well, you know, so, you know, and the other story was Travis Head with that beautiful hundred nineteen uh, started the this series so well, and he I, I didn't mention it. The, yesterday, but he went past 3,000 test runs in that innings and in just his 46th test match. And Marnus Labuschagne went past 4,000 runs in 47 test matches. 
So interesting comparison there. One test match more um, minus is a, a thousand runs ahead of head. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's quite impressive. I mean, I can't believe Manus Levishan's played 47 test matches. I thought he'll be around that 40 mark. Uh, even Travis Head now. So that they're going to be, you know, both around that sort of 29, 30 years of age. So they're, you know, post-Steve Smith era. And that's why I think next two summers, you know, most of Cam Green um, is, is important. We might have to find another person. And just minutes when we'll get to this, but if Usman Kawaja, given all the concussion protocols around and given that he retired, I don't think he'll bat for another three days. Um you're lucky the test is finished. You get the weekend off. The pink ball, um, you know, batting under lights. They'll train under lights at the Gabba. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? His jaw, let's hope it's not fractured. But if it is the worst outcome, then we could see Matty Renshaw get a game. I know I'm thinking way far ahead. but No, it's the, a good point. He could be in doubt. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, given the concussion protocols Australia's implied, I mean, you look at Steve Smith when he got hit, you know, and... Look at all the issues someone like a uh, Will Pukowski's had. You know, they, they they can't bat. They don't even allow them to bat in the nets. So then they probably start with a few sort of, um, you know, even tennis balls or softballs against spinners. You know, the next test match is seven days away, which is still time. But I I have a feeling Usman Khawaja could be in big. I won't say big doubt, but he he is doubtful starter for that match, especially given it's a pink ball. No, you, you're spot on. And for those that haven't seen it, the scores were level. Australia just needed one to win. And the debutante, Shamar Joseph, bowling around the wicket, bowled a quick bouncer, got up. Kawaja hit on the chin, um, sort of seemed to get under the grill. And he there was a bit of blood immediately and he had to retire hurt. And Minus Labashane came out. But it was, a, it was a heavy knock and concerning scenes. And, and, you know, not in that danger area around the temple, but... As you say, it might put him in doubt for the next match. Just back on Travis Head, he was the player of the match in this game. Um, as usual, the batter got it. I, I thought Hazelwood maybe could have made a pretty good case for it or Shamar Joseph, but I guess being the only centurion, it's, a, it's an easy pick for the commentators. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, he, he probably stood out. Um, just and interesting listening to uh, Travis said yesterday as well. Um, the the, the fact that you know the, the pitch was tricky. He's like he never got set. It was one of those, and he's like it shouldn't surprise everyone. I think everyone still got this memory of the Adelaide Oval being you know first fifteen overs of the match being is the only time where the bowlers are on par, and then after that it becomes a flat batting wicket. It's it's not like that. You see, South Australia's always had. A lot of seamers as well in the in the team, right? From you know that five six years ago, that Joe, Joe Many Chad Sayers kind of era. So, um, look, I think the Adelaide pitch. We talked about it yesterday. Damien Hoff was on air, and he mentioned the point that he's got a different sort of grass, um, and he's probably a little bit disappointed. He put up his hand saying, "I probably didn't, you know, get it exactly, and probably did a little bit too much or stayed inconsistent." Um, and and also the fact that you know last well, I think five years now it, it's been a pink ball and and to protect the pink ball they they leave that layer of grass on there so um, and and the pink ball after about twenty odd overs it doesn't do as much it doesn't seem as much 
while the red ball actually still does a lot more because it's still a lot more harder to see him still upright. Mm. So that could be the reason why we still felt the bowlers was, you know, the batsman couldn't dominate even after sort of 25, 30 overs, which is generally the case um, in Adelaide or, or with the pin ball, unless, of course, it's twilight. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of a batter-friendly pitch in this match, especially with this West Indies side. It it just exposed their batting lineup, and yeah, I would have liked to have seen you know a pitch where Australia could sort of pile on five or six hundred and give the fans a bit more than two and a half days of cricket. But as you say, the groundskeeper put his hand up and said he didn't quite get it right. And one thing I've learned from you know getting close to the groundskeepers at the SCG is that. It's pretty difficult, and especially now playing on AFL grounds. Absolutely. And and Damien Hoff, I think, is one of the best curators in business as well. Um, uh, j- just one more quick stat. Pat Cummins now is Captain Australia 25 times, um, and his winning percentage is up to 60%, which places him on the third um, in terms of the winning ratio behind Steve Waugh, who was at 72%, and Ricky Ponting at 62%. So I'll let you have the final say on Pat Cummins' captaincy. Except <laughs> <laughs> me up there. Um, yeah, yeah, he has his good days as skipper. I'll give him that. And he certainly made me eat my words with all his stunning results. But I, I, I do think it would be interesting next year. You know, five tests against India will be very, very challenging for this team. India's batting line won't roll over like the West Indies did in this test match. So... Yeah, a lot to come, but you're right. He's he's improving every game as skipper. You've got to give him credit for that. He's no skipper's perfect, but he's he's doing a good job. So I guess that that's where we should leave it, Gav. I mean, yep. Australia go one nil up in the series as expected. Absolutely, um, I think probably the news story coming into the whole week is going to be the fitness of Usman Khawaja. I'm going early. I think he won't play in Brisbane. I like it. I like a big call. Gav says Kawaja out, Renshaw in. And uh, that's it for our wrap of day three from the Adelaide Test. In the end, the West Indies put on a spirited performance. There was certainly some glimmers of hope for the future of West Indies cricket. Young Shamar Joseph taking a wicket with his very first ball, getting Steve Smith and then five for in that innings. Certainly a memory he'll never forget. And that's it for this podcast. We'll be back soon in between this and the next test match to discuss all the happenings in the Big Bash. And thanks for listening. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.